go. So I'm doing this one a little bit different. Um, oh, my name is Kara. Uh, thank you, anyone that is listening to me and has been uh, for a little while. I I appreciate it. I really do. I I think it's funny when I, I go out and I hang out with some of my friends and then they mention the podcast. And they're like, you've got to keep doing it. And I'm like, well, shit, I was going to see if I could get away with not doing it on a bi-weekly schedule. So um, sometimes I have some trouble with commitment. So, eh, fuck it. You know, you got to do what you got to do. So here I am. And this one's going to be a little bit different. So I used to attend um, Progressive Spiritualist Church, and I was ordained as a, a minister there. Um, so, I, I love to talk, duh, but I used to, I used to do sermons. I was never really good at my delivery of the sermons because it made me so nervous getting up in front of people, um, but I always enjoyed it. I always had a, a good time doing it, so um, I'm going to go back and, and read one of the sermons that I gave because it's appropriate right now. Um, and it's appropriate right now because we're at Thanksgiving, and um, I think sometimes we just forget what Thanksgiving is all about. Um, the uh, the history behind Thanksgiving has been twisted around and made into something terribly ugly um, because, for whatever reason, that's where we are in the United States right now. And I'm thinking very seriously about doing something with history and looking into um, what really happened and not the revisionist bullshit that we're being taught, but that's a different, that's a different topic altogether. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do on this one. I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna read one of my old sermons. I've, I've edited it a little bit, so it's more my real language, not my cleaned up church language. So, um, some of it's salty. Brace yourself. That's why this has an explicit content warning. Um, but before I get there, I want to say thanks to uh, Lisa Rizzi sent me um, a message, and she was the Lisa when I couldn't remember her last name. On one of the episodes, I was trying desperately to remember her last name, but um, she she told me to get a tattoo that says "My mom is a badass." And I'm taking that very much to heart, and I'm trying to figure out where I could do it, because as much as I try to act like I don't care about my language, I think it's okay to have salty language, because that shows who you really are. Um, but I'm thinking about, you know, if I put badass on my on my body, it's got to be someplace where, you know, future employers won't see it. You know, I can see walking in for an interview and they look at my arm and it says badass on it. So that's either going to really encourage them or they're going to, they're going to laugh at me because I'm 50 years old and I've got curse words on my arm. But anyways, Lisa, I am, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. So I'll have to talk to my tattoo artist and see what she can do for me. So there we go. Um, get yourself something to drink. I have um, a room temperature cup of coffee sitting next to me. I'm, oh, here's something else I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of possibly trying to, but man, again, it's a commitment. 
sit down with somebody on a regular basis and just talk about stuff, you know, the things that are on our mind. Instead of doing it the way that I'm doing it now, finding almost a co-host, and I wonder if that wouldn't be more interesting for people. Um, it's just a thought, just something I'm throwing around. So there. Um, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get going, and I will see you on the flip side. So a little bit of backstory on this. I split up with my ex-girlfriend um, almost almost two full years ago. I think I think it was it was over long before then. Not that we need all of that backstory, but um, and I, I had a I had an experience with her, and that's kind of what what spurred this this sermon on. Um, I was always excited when when the, the sermon was assigned to me and it was during the holiday season because I always, I love, I love the holiday seasons. Um, because I, I love taking the time to stop and acknowledge that there's something special going on in the world because we don't stop and take the time to acknowledge that there's something go special going on in the world on a regular basis. We just take, we take our lives for granted so much. And, um, that's what, that's what this was all about. So several years ago, I was belly aching at my ex about how unfair the world was. I go through episodes like that where everything is unfair and I don't want to be alive. And it really, it, it, it really used to be a huge, huge struggle for me. It's not anymore. Sometimes I have down days, but I typically snap out of them pretty easily. But anyways, I was belly aching about how bad the world was treating me, you know, thoroughly in victim mode. And how unfair life was. And I think all of us have been there at some point or another. Um, and, and that was oftentimes the norm for me back then. It was before I had taken the initiative to change the way that I was thinking. Or it was at the very beginning of how I was taking um, the, making the effort to change how I was thinking. I was you know, sitting around bitching and wow-wowing about <clears throat> via text to my ex about... Um, you know, just bitching, bitching about everything in, in general. And, and nothing, nothing can be taken out of context when it's, the conversation isn't, nothing can be taken out of context when the conversation is, is through text, right? Um, so after maybe, I don't know, it could have been, it could have been 10 minutes. It could have been an hour. I, I really don't know, but she was at her place. I was at my place and she finally, she finally shot me a, a text and, and said, well, let me, let me tell you this too. She was not warm and fuzzy. So, and that's okay. That's just her personality type. She's not one that was like, oh, I'm sorry. What can I do for you? Which is probably good because that would have fed into my, my victimhood at the time. But just so you know, she was not warm and fuzzy and, and one to show a whole lot of compassion in that way. Um, but anyway, she shot me a text. And it always pissed me off when she started anything with well, dot, dot, dot. You know, and the text message said something about, well, dot, dot, dot. And I thoroughly remember, I, I remember the dot, dot, dot after the well because it really pissed me off. I mean, pissed me off. So she says to me, well, maybe you need to practice gratitude. 
And that may not have been verbatim what she said. The only thing I really remember is the well, dot, 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 and something about showing more gratitude. You know, I don't know. Um, and I'm, I'm sure beyond a shadow of a doubt in my head, I cussed her thoroughly because I can be really creative in my head. I, I, I rarely cuss people out to their faces, but because I guess maybe I'm a coward that way. Um, and who wants to hear that shit when you're, when you're feeling poor pitiful me, you know, when you're in full on pity mode, you don't want someone coming up to you saying, well, well, you need to show more gratitude. You know, you just want to look at them and say, fuck off. Let me feel bad for myself for a little while. But anyways, um, I believed at that point, I was trying to learn how to practice gratitude. And I believed that I practiced gratitude on a regular basis, you know, because you know everything until you realize you don't know anything. And I said, I, you know, I said thank you to people when they took my order at a restaurant, you know, or if somebody did nice for me, you know, I was always like, hey, thank you. And, um, you know, that's not gratitude. That's not what we're talking about. Being thankful and practicing gratitude uh, goes really, really deep. It's something that you learn to practice at a, at a soul level. And that was a tough lesson to learn. Uh, but it was a really good lesson to look back on. And what a lesson to share. You know, if, if you can sh take something like that and share it, and it's going to make somebody else's life better, then let's make somebody else's life better. And that's what this is all about. Uh, we take so much for granted. And we bellyache about things when in reality, we are so blessed. We're so much more blessed than we understand. You know, we, we bitch about things that other people would, would give their lives to be able to experience. You know, it's, um, you know, maybe, well, that's a, that's a different topic. So I, um, I love Dr. Phil because <laughs> he's like no bullshit. And I love Tony Robbins and both of them are kind of no holds barred. You know, they both cut to the chase and they, they try to be compassionate at the same time, but they're compassionate in a way that oftentimes come, comes across as harsh. And maybe they're really not as compassionate as I think. Maybe they're both a couple of dicks, but whatever it works. Because sometimes we need someone to do a Tony Robbins or a Dr. Phil on us to kick our asses and bring us back to reality. I, again, I don't, I don't know that my ex was trying to be compassionate. I, I really don't think she was. I think she was tired of hearing me bitch. And um, she just wanted me to shut up. So... Um, but she got a message across, whether it was intended or unintended, that I needed to hear. So, and I'm thankful for it. Um, Tony Robbins, I, I really like him because he cusses a lot. And I, I, I heard him one time say the reason for using that language is because sometimes it shocks the person on the receiving end into accepting what's being said. And it's true. You know, when you're, when you use fluffy language all the time, then it's, it's hard to take that person, I don't know, maybe that's just me, so I'm not going to finish that thought. Um, but anyways, in one video, he said, if you're going to blame people for all of this shit, maybe I should do it in Tony Robbins' voice, if you're going to blame people for all of the shit, give them credit too. That's not a very good Tony Robbins impersonation. Let me start over. If you're going to get blame people for all of the shit in your life, give them credit too. If you're going to blame them for everything that is fucked up, you have to give them credit too. Now, I'm not asking you to stop blaming. I'm asking you to blame elegantly. 
Blame intelligently. Blame effectively. Blame at the level of your soul, not the level of your head. Because if you're going to blame people for all the shit, you better blame them for all the good, too. If you're going to give them credit for everything that's fucked up, then you have to give them credit for everything that's great. Because life is not so simple and black and white. My mother beat the shit out of me. She loved me. She was freaked out I was going to leave. I was a source of everything. I blame her for all the beauty in my life. I blame her that I have the woman I have in my life because I cherish my wife because I know what the opposite is. I blame her for the capacity to feel and care. I blame her for my insatiable hunger to end suffering for any human I can. Because I suffered a ton. If she had been the mother I had wanted, I would not be the man I am proud to be. If we can realize that life is always happening for us, not to us, game over, all the pain and suffering disappears. Yeah, that dude, that dude's awesome. I mean, where does he get this shit? And, and that, that really defines true gratitude for me. When we reach the point where we're, we're able to look back at what's happened to us in our lives and see it as life happening for us instead of ha life happening to us, we've reached a level of self-understanding that allows us to step forward in our lives and give thanks for the things that others see as unfair or unkind. When we stop blaming at the level of our head and we think at the level of our soul, we can see gifts more of see gifts in more of the challenges that we encounter. Okay, so if you look at the experiences in your life, you know, if if you if you come from a home that is less than affluent, if you come from a home that is affluent, if you come from a home where you've got, you know, mom and dad and one brother and one sister and you're the well-loved middle child that had new clothes and new shoes and three hots and a cot. Oh, that's prison. You had three hot meals and and, and a bedroom with, you know, a, a bedspread that matches the pillow shams and all the shit that I would have loved to have had when I was a kid. You still have shit happening in your life. And the shit that's happening in your life is making you into a stronger person. If everything is handed to you, then you're just gonna be a, you're just gonna be a dick. You're not gonna grow up to appreciate anything in life. When you've got challenges, and you've got things that knock you back on your ass a little bit, then you're gonna appreciate things when when things are going the way they need to go, and and you're gonna you're gonna have more gratitude for the for the good things in your life. So many people think that gratitude is just new age mumbo jumbo bullshit. And maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe some people have to identify it as as new age mumbo jumbo bullshit or or religious bullshit. But if that bullshit works, then why wouldn't you take it and run with it? And it does work. It absolutely works. I read an article on um, selflessgratitude.org. Yeah, there are there are magazines for gratitude. It's kind of funny, but this article said the practice of gratitude. Sorry, yawning. So the practice of gratitude is not in any way a denial of life's difficulties. We live in troubling times, and no doubt you've experienced many challenges, uncertainties, and disappointments in your own life. 
nor does the practice of gratitude deny the Buddha's teaching on death. Death is certain. Your death is certain. The time of death is unknown. The time of your death is unknown. Rather, gratitude practice is useful because it turns the mind in such a way that it enables you to live into life or more accurately to die into life. Having access to the joy and wonderment of life is the antidote to feelings of scarcity and loss. It allows you to meet life's difficulties with an open heart. The understanding you gain from practicing gratitude frees you from being lost or identified with either negative or positive aspects of life, letting you simply meet life in each moment as it rises. And I, I love that. Yeah, I've dabbled in Buddhism because Buddhism gives us a way to look at life and death. Um, so every one of us have had life events that have knocked us back on our asses. And if you haven't been knocked, knocked back on your ass, then you're not living your life and you're living under a rock. So unless you're living under a rock somewhere, um, you've had shit happen. That's knocked you back on your ass. You know, you've, you've had a car accident, um, a really inconvenient illness, and right now with the Rona running rampant, you know, you know somebody who's been sick with this, this bitch. Um, we've all lost jobs. You know, maybe, maybe it was a layoff. Maybe it was because you were a dick and you needed to be fired because, I mean, that was my reasoning. Because you were, you were a dick and you needed to be fired. That's happened to me. Twice. Um, divorce. You know, or an, or an ugly breakup. Yeah, have you have you had an ugly breakup? If you haven't had an ugly breakup, good for you. But you know, everybody should have to go through it once. Or the death of a loved one. My God, having somebody die that you love is just that's that's a pain like you you just don't get over. Um. But then, how many of us look at these events and see how they knocked the wind out of our lungs, left us? broken for a bit, maybe shattered in some way, like the death, you know, so many of us are just shattered after a death. I think it's easy to say that all of us have had that feeling at one time or another, and it's, it's normal. As long as you're not wallowing in self-pity, it's all okay. But how often do we have these events happen to us and they buckle our knees and then we stay down because of the fear we're going to be knocked down again if we get back up. Like after a relationship falls apart. Um, before Lisa came along, I, uh, and, and it's funny because I was so fortunate because Lisa fell into my life very quickly. And, um, and I really believe that that's because God had a plan. But I was, right after my past relationship fell apart, I was like, well, I'm just going to sell everything get out of debt and um, become a Buddhist monk. I'm going to go find a, you know, a Buddhist monastery somewhere, but I'm a girl, so that would, you know, that doesn't work that way. And just become a vegetarian, and I am very much a carnivore, so God knew what he, what she was doing. Um, and become, become a Buddhist monk and just pray and meditate and eat plants and shave my head and be a Buddhist monk for the rest of my life. You know, it was silly because I was afraid of jumping into another relationship. Um, but 
one of my friends was talking to me and she told me that life is like a playground for spirit. So spirit is, um, what the angels are spirits, um, our dead people are spirits. So we talk about, um, in spiritualism, we talk about spirit, the big S as kind of God. And the, so the playground for spirit is where when we're not in our physical form here, we, we go to spirit. Um, and sometimes in the playground we fall and get bruised and, and no, 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 no. I, I explained that wrong. So that life, so when we're here on earth, it's kind of a playground for spirit because when you're not in spirit form, then you're here on earth and you're learning things. And some of those experiences are, are shit and some of those experiences are awesome. Um, so it's a playground, kind of like when you're on the merry-go-round and it's a lot of fun until you've been on it too long and then you throw up or you're the person next to the person throwing up and the person throws up and this merry-go-round is still going around and you get hit in the face with a little leftover SpaghettiOs. Um, just saying, it, it could have happened. Maybe it did. I mean, things happen in the playground that you don't talk about. But anyways, sometimes on the playground, we fall and we get bruised, you know. But it doesn't keep us from jumping up and getting back up on the merry-go-round or kicking our feet harder on the swing set to get higher and higher so you can touch the clouds. You know, when we're kids and we're on the playground and we're swinging and we think we're going to touch those clouds and then as an adult we realize we're not going to reach the clouds so we stop kicking. Damn, that's a shame. Um, if we let freeze, if we let fear freeze us, we stop swinging to the sky, we stop playing, we stop growing, we stop loving. How many times have you shut your heart down? Because if you love, you're going to be hurt in return. You know, I think we've done that. I think most of us have done that. Every one of us were sent here to love. None of us were sent here to be angry and bitchy. <laughs> we're just not. We're supposed to be here to love. We're, we're here talking to one another today, or I'm talking to you. You know, be, there's a reason for it. There's a reason you're listening to this. And I, I think maybe it's to remind somebody that we're here to love and we're here to show gratitude for the lessons that we're learning. And life is just a big lesson. You know, sometimes it's going to suck. Most of the time it's awesome. And sometimes we have to show gratitude for just the little tiny things. I said earlier that I love the holiday seasons and I love the holiday seasons. I love watching the world slow down and it slow down, slows down just so it can rebuild its energy. I love getting that damned hour back from daylight savings time that's stolen from us in the spring. I think daylight savings time is the dumbest thing in the world. I love the trees changing colors. I love the cooling temperatures. I love the smell of leaves when they fall and then they mix in with the rain. And you know that smell when they're starting to break down and it's heating up a little bit and then cooling down? I love that smell. I love the smell of cinnamon and clove. And, and I, I've recently learned that I love Fireball with apple cider, hot or cold. Um, try it. It's, it's really good, unless you're underage, and then that's, that's not a good thing to encourage. But if you're 21 or older, try it. It's awesome. You know, I love pumpkin ale season. Now I'm going to sound like an alcoholic. I love pumpkin ale season. And, um, and I love moving from lighter beer season to darker beer season. I used to call it moving from beer season to wine season, but I'm not drinking as much wine as I used to. Okay, so anyways, um, I love that we don't walk outside and break into a sweat 
between our boobs and ass cheeks because we walk outside. I hate the summers. I hate how hot they are. I love that the world gets covered with a, with a blanket of soft, fluffy snow, and I wait from about this time every year until the first snowfall, just, just like a little kid waiting on Santa Claus. Because that little blanket of snow, it insulates the world for just a little bit, and it forces us to just stop and wait for the world to warm up again. Kind of like snuggling underneath your favorite Whoopi. I love that people stop during this time and focus on celebrating with people they love. And I've learned to say out loud to myself that I am incredibly blessed. Um, and I believe this with every fiber of my being. I'll say that I'm blessed quite a bit. And I've, I, every now and then I've started, when I, when I greet strangers, you know, and they say, have a good day, I've, I've started saying, have a blessed day. Uh, not all the time. It's not consistent, but it's from time to time. I still worry a little bit about what people are going to think. But, you know, fuck it. I don't think when I when I say out loud that I, I can be a bit of a cynic. You know, and I think a lot of us are cynics. And if I'm going to change the way that I'm going to do something that I've held on to for so long, um, I don't want to change it just because somebody says to change it. I need, I need a reason to create a new habit. Um... And I, I know it's creating a new habit is, is a lot of work, um, and I can be pretty damn lazy. So uh, when I was originally writing up this, this sermon, I found an article in Psychology Today, and it was talking about the science behind gratitude. You know, just saying thank you at its very simplest, it makes people like you more. People say they don't care if people like them or not, but that's bullshit. Nobody wants to be disliked at a visceral level. So when you say thank you to people, people like you, you know, and, and we don't teach our kids to say thank you enough. Do you know how many fucking kids will say something? I mean, you'll do something for them and they just look at you like, bitch, you should have done it faster. They don't say thank you. And by kids, I mean anybody, anybody that doesn't say thank you, bunch of dickheads out there today. So you have to say thank you to teach them to say thank you. Anyways, onward. Gratitude improves our physical health, our mental health, and allows us to be more empathetic towards others. And people who practice gratitude have better self-esteem than those who don't. Now, my thing with that is I have not the best self-esteem in the world. Um, but I've got to tell you, I have noticed that since I've practiced gratitude more, I do seem to have a better sense of self-esteem. Um, anyways. So it's not just a bunch of woo-woo. Oh, and also people who practice gratitude recover from illnesses and PTSD faster. There was an actual study on uh, Vietnam veterans who were asked to keep a gratitude journal. And they were able to recover from PTSD events faster than the vets who had PTSD and did not keep a gratitude journal. And that's one of the keys. If you write down what you're thankful for, it, it does something different. I don't know if that's like the power cord to, to heaven or whatever it is, but it does help. So the shit's not just woo-woo. Um, it's not, but it's not easy breezy either. So there's no, there's no reason to lie to you and say that it's going to be an overnight fix. If you're having, if you're struggling with your life, um, you know, if you, if, but if you make an effort to show gratitude, then it becomes easier. It really does. I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get woo-woo for you and a little, a little soft, but I believe that each of us is born with a song in our heart that makes our souls feel awake when we hear it played. 
you know, there's something that you do or something that you see that just makes you feel good all over. Um, and whatever it is that makes your heart happiest, as life goes along, we forget what that song is and we forget the dance that was placed in our hearts before we came down from heaven. I believe in every fiber of my being that there's a heaven or something like heaven and we choose to come down here. So when we choose to come down here, we so often forget whatever that song is or that dance is, but there's something that makes you feel alive more than anything else. And it's part of our journey back to holiness to remember that song, to remember why we're here. When we're kids, oh no, 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 that's not what I was going to say. Um, so we used to say in, in my church that we are children of a king or a queen because God, male or female, whatever, we, she doesn't really care what you call her, just call her. But anyways, we're children of a king or a queen and we were not born with the spirit of fear. We forget that as life happens, we need a little help remembering and we choose to enter this reality and in remember, and in remembering, we will return to the love that we originated from when we when we let fear stop us from giving thanks, we're selling our creator short, you know, and if, if you believe in God, and if you don't, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you, if you believe in God and she sent you here with a specific purpose, and when you stop working towards that purpose, because you're afraid, you're selling her short, you know, and that's just not the way we're supposed to do things, in my opinion. And if you're, let's say you're an atheist and you don't believe in God, you're still here for a reason. And if you're not living to fulfill everything that you can fulfill in this world before this life is ended, then you're selling yourself short, you know, so. Um, but, you know, in spiritualism, we believe that we make our own happiness or on or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws. So we believe that we have to work to be the person we know in our hearts we were sent here to be. We believe that life doesn't, that life isn't all roses and gumdrops. You know, it, we've got to be realistic. Roses wilt after they're cut. And, and the bitches will cut you if you don't trim off the little, little prickly things on them. I forget what those are called right now. I don't know why my vocabulary goes away like that from time to time. But anyways... Roses are going to die. You cut them, they're going to die. And even if you don't cut them, at the end of the season, they're going to die. It's just what they do. And then gumdrops, um, gumdrops can fall out of your hands and fall into pet snot or pet hair or fall into snot and then hair. And then they get coated with, and they, ugh. But rose plants, you know, they grow new flowers when they're fertilized and watered and shown a little bit of love. They're pretty resilient. And then gumdrops can be rinsed off. Or if you've got a sister that pisses you off, give give the hairy gumdrop to that sister. There's a story behind that. Or throw the fucking gumdrop away and get some chocolate. Who eats gumdrops? You know, ugh. It's probably best not to feed hairy candy to your sibling. You know, karma and all that stuff. If you did it as a child, you know, God forgives you. I hope. Again, story. We can build a practice of gratitude. And it's it's not hard to do it. It's very simple. Every night before you close your eyes, um, and I do this every night before I close my eyes, I find three things that I'm, ha that I'm thankful for. And I, I say in my head, thank you God for whatever it is. Um, and every morning before I get up, I do the same thing. I, I thank God every morning for showing me another day. And then I find 
other things to be grateful for, and I have to find at least three things before I can get out of bed. It can be having a refrigerator. Do you know how many people don't have refrigerators? You know, And if you are fortunate to have not only a refrigerator in your kitchen, but a refrigerator in your garage to store your beer in, how incredibly blessed are you? Um, but anyways, you know, if you're thankful that you have a car, even if it's not the car of your dreams, you know, or if you have a clean underwear, do you know how many people don't have clean underwear? I mean, so many people don't have, they don't have a change of clothes. They don't have, they don't have socks. They're, they're, they're going into the winter months and they have nothing to their name to keep them warm. And a lot of times it's because of really shit decisions that they've made. But that doesn't change the fact that they don't have what we take for granted every day. You know, so if you wrote down what you're thankful for, just between now and, and Christmas, what would happen? How would your life change? And I'll bet you it would change. Marianne Williamson said, Joy is what happens when we allow ourselves to recognize how good things really are. When we practice gratitude, we find ourselves living a life more filled with joy. And I don't know if you know who Viktor Frankl is. I used to I used to pull in just random quotes and throw them into my sermons because I wanted to make them 20 minutes or less. And I've learned that when I'm just babbling without anybody looking at me, I can make it a hell of a lot longer than 20 minutes. But anyways, Viktor Frankl um, was a guy who survived Auschwitz. And he wrote, Forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except for one thing your freedom to choose how you re will respond to the situation. So he found reason to celebrate life and to practice gratitude in the face of the most abhorrent situations. And then, yeah, I want to, I want to leave you with this and then I'm, I'm going to shut down because you know, I got a clock in for work here pretty soon. Um, so Rumi was a poet um, and he wrote a poem about gratitude called the guest house. And it's, this is what it says. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes in, comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you for some new delight. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So even if you're, Emotions are, you know, hang in there, but show some gratitude. You know, we've got a week and a half, roughly, until Thanksgiving Day. And this is our Thanksgiving Day in the, uh, in the days of the Rona. And even with coronavirus creeping down on us and slamming our heads into the wall over and over, we've got an awful lot to be thankful for. You know? Um, oh. I just had a text message come in. And I'm thankful for that text message. So, you know, as an example, I'm thankful for my mom. You know, she's home. She's recovering from her stint in the nursing home. Um, she's strong enough now where she's asking for us to be, for us to take her and her homies out shopping. That's a funny story. Um, I am crazy in love with someone who seems to get me, quote unquote, get me, uh, on a level that I don't understand. And I don't know that I'm supposed to understand it, but fuck, am I thankful for it. You know, I have a job that covers my bills and allows me to give back to people who are not as fortunate as I am. 
I live in the greatest nation ever created. I mean, I don't mean to get on that kick, but man, I love this country with all of her faults and everything going on. She's still the greatest country in the world. I have a grandbaby that's going to be here in three weeks. Um, and I'm really excited to meet her. And I'm going to have a cookie baking shindig with my family here in the house, assuming that the Rona doesn't blow up between now and then. Um, and and I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to wake up early enough to come in here into our little home office and, uh, and talk to God and then talk to you guys and write a little bit. Hey, I, and I could go on and on because I'm kind of Pollyanna. Once you start finding things that you're thankful for, it becomes easier and easier to find more and more. So now it's your turn. You know, what are you thankful for? You've got Thanksgiving coming up on the 26th. What are you thankful for? Um, write that shit down. It helps. You know, write it down. Tell the people that you love that you love them. And I would challenge you, if if you do decide to do the, the gratitude journal, I, I really want to know if it helps you. It Does it change anything in your life? Does it change how you're looking at things? Um, I think it does. I think it does. It does me. Uh, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm full of shit. But, you know, it's, it's certainly not going to hurt a, a damn thing. It's not going to hurt anything. So that's what I have for you this week. Take care. So there we are. Um, just for the record, I didn't use that language when I was doing sermons in church. It was deeply frowned upon. Deeply, deeply frowned upon. I don't think I ever said shit from the pulpit. I, there were a list of words that I wasn't allowed to say, and I think it's funny that I was given that list, almost like they were warning George Carlin not to offend God. Not that I compare myself to George Carlin in the slightest, but um, anyways, it was just funny. So thanks for listening to me to this point, and I, I do appreciate you letting me know that you're listening because that's what keeps me going along. Um, I may be making some changes in how, how I'm doing things, just because I think it would be more entertaining to have a little more interaction. So we'll see what happens there. Um, if you want to contact me, my Gmail address is muigrowth, so that's M-U-Y growth at gmail.com. Um, my name is Kara. I'm trying to remember everything I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to write this down, but I don't, I don't do well with reading whatever it is I write down. I tend to go rogue, so that's what I've got. So take care of yourself. Have the greatest Thanksgiving you've ever had in your life. Make sure you tell the people that you love that you love them. You know, and and give back to people who are less fortunate than you. There are so many people who who can who can benefit from just a, a touch of kindness today. You know, um, if you have an extra five dollars to leave for a tip for a cup of coffee. Or a beer. If you go and you get a beer and you have an extra five dollars to leave for a tip, you know the the restaurant workers right now are really struggling, and um, it's it's not looking good for them if another round of lockdowns come into play. So let them know that you're thankful for them for being there right now, and um, say a prayer for the people that you know, and say a prayer for a couple of strangers. You know, everybody can use prayer. 
So there, talk to you next time.